This episode of the Flushem and Dustin podcast is brought to you by our sponsors and the hunters who have become patrons. One thing we believe in is keeping our dogs safe while hunting, training, or traveling from one location to another. To help keep our dogs safe in the field, we carry a first aid kit from Gundog Outdoors on our vest in the event our dogs would obtain an injury while hunting. We also carry their water bottle to keep our dogs hydrated to help them perform in the field and during training sessions. To check out these products and other safety gear, head over to Gundog Outdoors at gundogoutdoors.com and use code RINGNEXT to save 10%. As we all know, accidents can happen at any time, and that is why we use Dakota 283 kennels to transport our dogs to the hunting and training fields or to wherever our everyday travels take us. These kennels provide the ultimate protection to our dog as they are constructed of military-grade materials developed and tested in the harshest environments. The door into the kennel has a keyed paddle latching handle on it for a peace of mind if we stop to grab a bite to eat and maybe have a cold one with our friends after a good hunt or training session. With a conveniently located handle on the top of the kennel, it makes this kennel easy to lift in and out of our trucks and SUVs. You owe it to your dog to give them the protection these kennels provide. Dakota 283 also provides other specialized gear to ensure our dogs have enough water and food for a full day's hunt and to safely store and secure our gear in our vehicles. So head over to Dakota283.com and use code RNR10, that is RNR10, at checkout to save 10%. But, and there's always a but, if you want to receive a larger discount on the Dakota 283 products as well as other products to help you enjoy your days in the field and help your dog perform to the best of its ability, become a patron alongside other hunters from around the nation to be rewarded with these discounts and also be entered into special giveaways. Just starting at $5 a month, head over to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com and search Ringnecks and Retrievers to find us. This is also linked in the episode description and on our Instagram page. To learn how we use these products in more detail, head over to our Instagram page at Ringnecks and Retrievers. These sponsors and the hunters that have become patrons is what helps us continue bringing Flushem and Dustum episodes to you weekly and provide you with awesome discounts for you and your dogs. Hi, hunters. Thank you for tuning into the Flushem and Dustum podcast brought to you by Nick and Tyler, the boys from Ringnecks and Retrievers. In this podcast, we will talk about guns, dogs, gear, and our successes and failures in the field through our combined 40 years of experience. We speak with hunters just like you from across the nation about their days in the field and the many memories they built with their friends and family. We are excited to have you listen. Now let's get to Flushing and Dustin. Welcome back, hunters, to another Flushman and Dustin podcast. Nick and Tyler here. We have a very special guest today, Greg Concrete from Dakota 283 Kennels. Uh, Greg, it's a pleasure having you on today. Uh, we're excited to learn a little bit about you and uh, the kennels that you have. Uh, why don't you go ahead and open it up and give us a little bit of background about yourself and how you got started in hunting. Yeah, great. Thanks. Uh, appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, you know, it's always, it's always fun to talk to like minds and, you know, people who love dogs and love bird hunting. And, you know, it's, uh, it's an interesting community, isn't it? I, it's, it, the more I am in this, the more fun it becomes because you make friends all over the country. Um, and not only do you get to have people, uh, you know, come hunt, you, you know, at your place, which I have a farm in South Dakota, but you know, I get to hunt a lot of different places. So who knows, maybe I'll end up in Iowa soon, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. We're, we're looking forward to that. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, I, yeah, I am, uh, the, uh, founder of Dakota 283 and, um, you know, we've been doing this for probably eight ish years, uh, started, uh, started with a, a, what we call a Badlands vault. Uh, it is a vault you put on the back of your truck. Um, and, uh, uh, kind of, kind of as a whim, we decided to uh, uh, put a kennel on the top of it and have the full package. And it ended up being, you know, the kennel ended up being more interesting than to people than the vault. And we still sell a fair amount of vaults, but the kennel business has really taken off for us. So it's been, it's been really nice to, to grow that business and grow that brand. 
Absolutely. We, uh, uh, we're excited to get to test these kennels out firsthand. So Tyler and I are very excited to have you on and learn, learn a little bit more about this. What, what was your driving factor, would you say, behind the kennels and, and what kind of gave you that idea? I know you said you had the Badland vaults, but what, what was like, oh, this is a great idea. This is a perfect kennel. Well, you know, it kind of, the, the history kind of goes back, uh, to uh, quite a ways, frankly, uh, you know, before we even got into kennels, I, uh, we started, my wife and I started a company called Sterling Technologies, which is a custom rotational molding business. And we started that in 1998. And, um, uh, very early on in the, in the life of Sterling, we started working on military cases and military molding projects. And through all these different contractors that work with the Department of Defense, um, we learned how to make a really, really strong, structurally sound um, military case that can take really big impacts and that can, that can take uh, the heat, can take the cold, and all the things that you really want in a product that's going to be outside and hopefully never get an impact, but if it does, it can take it. So we learned at a very early age in our career how to make, you know, products that can that can uh, serve that market. And I've been an upland hunter since uh, the early '70s. You know, way before you guys even were thinking about anything. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't even thinking that. I wasn't even born yet. <laughs> No, I know. That's what I mean. But believe it or not, now this is Grandpa telling you a story. Back in the early 70s, we used to go to school. We'd walk against the wind and uphill, you know, right? The whole, both ways, right? No. But back in the 70s, um, we actually, I, I cut my teeth hunting in Iowa, uh, up near Mason City, oh, yeah. uh, Sheffield um you know and 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 parts east of southeast of that area and honestly man it was really super really good hunting back in the 70s it was there was a ton yeah, you, of birds uh back in the 70s you know my wife or just to go back a little bit farther but you know you said before we were thinking my wife, Greg, she would still say that I don't think so. I don't know. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know that there'd be much of a difference between then and now. But uh, hey, here we are. <laughs> well, you know, you know, mom, Mama's always right, man. Mama's yep. always right. So she is. She's know. she's putting up with uh, both my baby girls. Uh, one is going to be two, and the other one just a month old. So she's upstairs r- rustling with them right now. I, well, I get to have a little fun. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So no, I, I started, I started doing the, uh, the Iowa hunting when I was, uh, you know, nine or 10 with my dad and my uncles and, uh, and, uh, really just got bit really, really hard by the bug, uh, as a kid and always loved to hunt and really did a lot of pheasant hunting, you know, every year, uh, whenever I could, you know, at an early age, um, and never really let go of the fact that, you know, it's, it would be fun to actually market products in that, in that business. And, uh, when we, when we got through the early stages of Sterling, um, making things for other people, we thought, well, why don't we make some things for ourselves? And so we started uh, a company called Good Ideas and and we spawned the good I, the uh, Dakota 283 brand out of good ideas. So, you know, that was really kind of the early early stages of uh, developing the kennel um, back in uh, uh, back in the early you know mid 2000s. I'd say. So, what are some of the key features of the Dakota kennel that you guys have come up with? You know that kind of make it obviously it's military grade which is awesome but you know a lot of people think oh it's a a square kennel but what are some key features that the dakota 283 brings to the market that people can expect yeah sure well you know 
the 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 premium the premium uh, kennel market has expanded. People are understanding why it's important to have a premium kennel versus those old two piece uh, kennels that you found the nuts and bolts in the back of your your truck after about a month, and you couldn't figure out where where to find the, you know, how to keep them together because they were so two pieces. Funny but, funny story, um, Greg. Not to interrupt you, but I had one of those uh, basically. A piece of shit one from Tyson's that you you know you bolt them all together. And this yep. past year, mm-hmm. I ended up pulling out of the kennel cover, and there were no bolts left. <laughs> and I, yeah, I, I know. I was like, hey. oh geez, I'm like, this isn't safe at all. Yeah, well, we've all been there, there, man. That, that yeah, we've all been there. So um, you know, it's just it's it's just the evolution of the pro of a product, right? So. Um, so back to your original question, you know, I can, I can, uh, if we talk about us versus anybody else, I can go right down the line why we're better. Um, but uh, the primary things that you want to look at in a Dakota are, uh, it's a heavy duty kennel, but it's not heavy. Um, you look at some of our competitors and they're like, trying to lift a Liberty safe into your truck. Okay. Um, you know, and, and honestly, there's a, we have a lot of, um, and I don't want to generalize here, but let's a female or, a, a not a strong person potentially, not that females aren't strong, but they can't lift some of these kennels into, into the, uh, the back of their vehicles. Yeah. So ours, we put a, we put a molded in handle in the top patented molded in handle. Um, so it's, it's right in the center. It's very easy to grab and go. Um, so, so people can grab it, put it, lift it into their truck. Uh, and it is a very, and I say truck, but it could be an SUV. It could be a car, it could be whatever. Um, but it's, it's a very heavy duty kennel. That's easy to transport and very portable. Okay. So that's that's really number one. Uh, one of the features that we that we think is very important. Um, I, I, we have also, you know, we talked about a two-piece kennel. You know, it's a one-piece molded kennel, so you're not going to have any nuts and bolts. It comes fully assembled. Uh, you don't have to try and figure that out. It's ready to go as soon as you pull it out of the box. Um, it's one of the things that really differentiates us is our stainless steel door. Okay. Um, the, the door is a hundred percent stainless steel components in the latch, in the grating. It's, a uh, an aluminum frame that fits into the kennel. Um, so you're not going to have a corrosion is- issue. Um, there's a lot of competitors out there with plastic doors, um, that are frankly, it's not if it's when they're going to break. Okay. Because when, when you got, you guys just told me you had 13 inches of snow yesterday, I can tell you that you've got, you know, uh, single digit, uh, temperatures coming your way probably tomorrow. Uh, cause I'm a little bit West of you. And, uh, <clears throat> when you get cold weather temperatures and you have plastic injection molded or thermoformed, uh, door components, uh, on a, on a product and it gets cold, um, it will eventually break, uh, with impact. And that could impact could be an open closed situation. It could be whatever. Um, so our door is frankly, bar none, the, the best door on the market. And, um, you know, you, you pay for quality. It's not the cheapest kennel out there, but you pay for, you pay for what you get. Right. So, um, it's it's a really really nice product. Greg, are you also a uh, meteorologist? It's negative one tomorrow. Just in case you want to know. <laughs> 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 I had to do a, had to do a little research on my phone quick. I was like, oh, we got to check this out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, man. I mean, we had eight, and I know I, I talked to my buddies in North Dakota this morning. They had like minus eight or or minus nineteen. It was something ridiculous they had. Man, so cool. uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah so you know greg to so, sorry nick where are you gonna go go ahead oh to piggyback off of you know you talked about having the handle right in the middle of the kennel on the top and i think you know if you look at a lot of hunters trucks and 
if you look at guys, a lot of guys like a little bit of a jacked up truck maybe or something, you know, and even a lot of the trucks tailgates sit up pretty high, um, you know, for even someone who's like six foot tall, like myself, you know, you got to lift right. it up over your waist. So I think having that handle where I'm excited to, you know, get that and just see how easy it is to lift into the, into the back of the truck. But I think that's a good feature right there is the easy lifting into where you got to place it. Yeah, that's, it's a big deal. It's a big deal for a lot of people. Um, and what else is really nice about that is that's where you run your ratchet straps through um, oh, to, yeah, so you know, to lock slip. down. Yeah, you lock that down in the back of your truck. I've got two of them in the back of my truck right now. Um, I've got a one ratchet strap going through two into D-rings in the back of the pickup. And that's, it's, it's, it's so solid, you can't even believe it. And there is, it's all, literally almost impossible in an impact situation to break the handle, okay, before you break the ratchet strap, okay? Um, if you look at some of the competitors out there that have secondarily assembled D-rings on their kennel, so they have maybe a nut and bolt on it, uh, you know, which is, again, a nut and bolt that could go away or vibrate loose, yep. uh, or a, or a uh, some kind of a rivet assembly to it. I can guarantee you that is going to strip off in an impact or a rollover accident, um, you know, way before anything breaks on the Dakota. So, uh, you know, that's a, that's a huge deal, especially from a safety perspective. If you're worried about your dog, um, you know, this is a really great kennel to put your dog into. So, um, so those, those are a couple of really big things on the kennel side. Um, you know, we've got, it's very easy to clean. We've got, uh, holes in the top left corner, uh, in the back. So you can just flip your kennel over and hose it out when you have, you know, potential accident issues or anything like that. And, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a very heavy duty, safe product. We are, uh, speaking of safety, um, <clears throat> we're in the middle of developing testing equipment. Um, we've already done a lot of testing, but we're going to have in-house testing and video, uh, for you guys to look at, uh, giving you like hard data on the impact and, uh, failure, you know, how much, just going to ask that. Does it take? Yeah. I was going to say, did yep. you, I don't yep. know if you're familiar with the office, but it kind of reminds me of uh, Dwight Schrute when he takes that stroller out and he's just trying to like throws it down the stairs and rolls it down the hill and drags it behind the car. Yeah. Have you have you done that yourself? Yeah. Went out like I'm just going to drag this oh, behind my yeah. truck for a couple miles. <laughs> Actually, it's funny. It's funny. Yeah, we've we've uh, hit it with trucks at you know 35 to 50 miles an hour, and we've uh, dropped it off the back of trucks, and um, you know we've done we've had uh, real time rollover accidents in the field um, that. You know, dog and dog survived very well inside the, the, the kennel, which is really cool. And um, so, yeah, we have we have data on it. Um, we're just going to really start leaning into uh, having much more data on all of our products. That's that's the direction that we're going to go in 2021. So uh, be on the lookout for that, you know, stuff that we can post out there, you know. Absolutely. That's that's super cool. Mm -hmm. I, can't, I can't wait to test uh, ours out when we get them in as well. Actually, yeah, Nick, I'm going to have both, you drag yours both, behind the truck. <laughs> yeah, both are coming to my house, so <laughs> I'll test Tyler's out and then give him that. Oh, say, hey, yeah. it works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Um, oh, that's funny. You know, the other thing is, you know, people, as you guys know, uh, people are, they want more than one or two colors anymore. So, you know, our, our kennels come in you know, a lot of different colors because people are demanding, you know, a, a bigger selection. So I'm always amazed at how many purple and blue kennels I sell. You know, it's like people really love those, those colors. I can't remember what you guys are getting though. What did you guys end up getting? I got a blue. I want blue. I want olive green. Mm -hmm. I like the green. Both of those colors are red hot, man. I, those, that olive green is awesome. And, uh, the blue has been selling like 
crazy. I just, you know, you just never know when you put a new color out what's going to sell, and it's really done well. You know, so I'm usually a pretty it. plain guy. I almost went with, uh, I think it's granite or silver. Or, I don't know what that color is. Yeah, dark granite. Dark granite, yeah. Yep, dark. Normally, I would go with something like yep. that, but uh, my wife convinced me to do the blue. So I was like, all right, we're going we're gonna to do this. Yeah, I sent the... Yeah, you say that. I sent the yeah um, a video to a bunch of friends in Snapchat, and you know when we we're trying to pick out a color, and it's like, what color would you get? And everybody was saying different colors. You know, is I figured out kind of they'd be like orange or you know the dark granite, but yeah, everybody's like oh right. blue, and you know I had a couple purples and stuff. It's like oh man, it is crazy just the different what people want, you know, and the colors are pretty neat to have. Yeah, and they do differentiation, man. They they people look at that and like, wow, that's really cool. I've never seen a purple kennel before, and it, and it actually looks good in the back of a vehicle. It looks really nice. So, um, and if you're a Vikings fan, it you know it takes on a secondary. <laughs> True. Uh, <yeah. laughs> so, anyway, no, it's been good, man. It's been good. You have some other products that we'd like to touch on you see you have some feeding systems i saw um some watering systems as well i seen combined as well and i think it's a is it a feed and go i can't remember off the top of my head i had it written down i don't know my paper yeah, it's, a dine and, it's a dine and dash, dine and dash. Yeah. yes that's yep. what i'm yep so yeah dine and dash has been uh, a great product for us uh that was our original feeding system you you could put eight to nine cups of of food in the in part of the container and then the rest of the container holds two gallons of water and what's really nice about it is it's ergonomically built with the with the molded handle again real easy to grab real easy to throw into wherever you want to put it and when you're ready to for your dogs to drink you just throw it on the ground you pull the plug water comes out it seeks its own level where the hole is and then when this is what's kind of nice because you don't have to throw the water away again when they're done drinking you just tip tip the uh, dine and dash backwards the water will go back in you replug it and you throw it back in your vehicle and it's um it's been a really fun product to see grow um about four or five years ago when we introduced it uh i think we introduced it at pheasant fest um and I can't remember which one. We've done so many of the fests now. But uh, we had a lot of people come up to us and say, hey, that's great, but I'm running three dogs, and they're going to go through two gallons of water in about a half second. And, you know, it's, you know, I, need, I would need two of these or three. So we came out with our dash line, which eliminated the water, and now you've only got water. I'm sorry, eliminated the food, and now you only have water. In the container, you've got a three and a half and a five gallon container of water that works exactly the same way. And uh, man, I I love those products. Those those have been those have been a tremendous for us, you know. So um, I have I have two lab I have two Labradors uh, that are outside dogs. Uh, and what's you know what's really nice is I'll fill a dash 5.0 a five gallon container dash and i will put that down in their kennel uh at the beginning of a week and that that'll last them a good four to six days depending on how much they drink you know i don't have to wow. worry about water for almost the whole week man that yep. is pretty nice it's great you know, the, yeah. go ahead tyler and that's I, that dine and dash and even the the 5.0 that you were just talking about i think that's awesome because you know nick when we go out to South Dakota or when you have full hunting days, we carry around, you know, a milk jug full of water yep. and, or a Sprite bottle, you know, or something and it. It just gets crappy yep. or it falls over and the lid falls off and then you can't pour the water back into yep. it. So dogs don't drink it, you know, and what mm -hmm. you got right there covers everything. You know, you can carry it easily enough water for a day and you're not wasting any of yep. it. So. Yeah, and those Dash products, uh, if you've seen them, they're flat on one end. 
so they you can you can really pack them in the in the truck really uh, ergonomically, uh, you know, and they don't take up a lot of space. They can stand on end, and oh, that's uh, nice. it's, it's it's yeah, it's really a nice, really a nice uh, a nice product for for. And let's face it, we all go on road trips to go bird hunting, right? So, um, you know, you need to bring that kind of stuff with you. Absolutely. Yeah. That'll be getting added to the truck this year. Yes, it will. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm the guy that always has, uh, you know, some kind of bottle or something, a water bottle, you know, uh, 12, 16 right. ounce. I'm carrying that. And I, and I have my gun dog. An, I got my gun dog outdoors stinking. thing, too, that I, I carry. So I'm just trying to carry all these water bottles. And it's like, that would be solve all my problems. Yeah. Or you forget your water you know the water dish that you use at home you yep. know and forget that and you're like god dang it they need you waste a lot more water than what the dogs are able to drink so well well yeah that's that's the other thing is is you've got you've got the water dish built into the water bottle so yep. you know you don't have to have two things it's it's one thing you're done and uh you don't waste any water and um no it's been it's been uh it's been a cool product you know it's 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 been fun to it's been fun to get uh people to use it and once you get used to using it it's something that you don't give up absolutely so i gotta ask you we're obviously ringnecks and retrievers why re why are you uh running labs let's hear it what's what's your story how'd you get on the labs um okay so um as an old guy, this is your grandpa talking, okay? <laughs> uh, I mean, back back when I was growing up, you did a lot. I don't know, just everybody that I hunted with hunted with labs. I mean, it was just that's what we hunted with. Number one, so it was a pretty natural thing for me to to get labs when I decided to buy some dogs. Um, but the other thing is where I hunt in South Dakota. And, you know, foundationally, I am a pheasant hunter, okay? Um, but I hunt, now I hunt a lot of other species. Uh, but at least on my farm out in South Dakota, um, a flushing dog is the way to go because we have so many birds and there's so much scent here that if you get a dog that ranges too far from you, and especially late season, like... I mean, now it's just crazy. I drive down the driveway and they're flushing just because I'm driving by, they're flushing 200 yards away. I mean, you've got to be really careful about your dog getting too far out. Um, otherwise they're going to spook the birds, you know, out of gun range. And there's so many of them that if one gets up, you know, 10 are going to get up with them. Right. Wow. So you got to be just, yeah, it's just, it's, it's just out here. It just really has been a good, um, a really good breed for, for us to run. And, and at the Cronkite farm, <clears throat> uh, which we could talk about in a little bit, if you want, um, you know, it's, it's really what we use is, is Labradors. It, it just works well for what, how we hunt out here. So. I mean, obviously we, we love uh, retrievers and Tyler runs two goldens and I have uh diesel. He's my third lab. So we definitely, we definitely, yeah. that runs deep in us as well. We, we like that, uh, the flushing dog and diesel does do a little bit of pointing. Um, I would call it more of a flash point, I guess, you know, stops for five seconds. Yep. If there's a bird there and then kind of, you can kind of, Oh, Hey, there's yep. something here. Then you can kind of get a little bit closer. Well, and you boom. You, you definitely know when a lab is getting birdie. So it's, oh, yes. it's very similar. It's not a bit it's not a point necessarily, but you know, you know, when, how your dog reacts and you know, if he's going to get birdie and, and, and I'll tell you something else. Um, you know, we, we, uh, we sponsor a lot of different dog groups and one of them is NAVDA. Um, and you know, I really got exposed to a lot of different breeds through NAVDA Yep. and it's very, and very intriguing to me. Um, I've got a 10 year old lab that's probably got another year and a half in them. I don't know. Hey, Ramsey, how much time you got left? He's in the back seat. Uh, he's not talking, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but, um, you know, I, I would consider, 
you know, after seeing some of these NAVDA dogs and, and how great they are, I would consider some of these other breeds. They're, they're really interesting and, you know, uh, versatile and just different than what the labs can do. And, um, I think it might be kind of fun. I'm, I'm kind of enamored by the, uh, the English pointers and the English setters, you know, I, I really like that, how they look and how they hunt. So I don't know. We'll see. Maybe I'll not be a lab guy forever. We'll see what happens. Yeah. You know, I always think that too. Uh, I'm, I really love looking at the, uh, wire here Griffins. I'm just, just, you know, they look like they're, yep. they look like they're old men and they're not. And I'm 34 and I got all this gray hair. So I'm always like, ah, you know, that kind of be a dog for me. <laughs> so I just tell everybody. Yeah. Uh, so I, yeah. I'm, I'm really intrigued by that, uh, by that animal. Uh, and I've watched some YouTube videos on them and stuff, but I don't know yep. I, something about a lab too. I'm always like, ah, I don't know. Uh, you know, my wife's only going to let me get one dog at a time. So I want to make sure it's the right one. <laughs> right. Right. Well, I mean, for, for you guys being rooster guys, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you can't go that far wrong with, with labs. And honestly, I don't know if you guys shoot any ducks at all, but I, I just, if, if I'm duck hunting, I want a lab in the, I want a lab with me, you know, if, to retrieve. I just, so, you know, and maybe some of these other breeds are, are great with ducks too. I'm, I know they do a lot of water testing, um, but man, those, those, my, my guys are, are retrieving fools. Absolutely. Yep. I, I had a wounded, I, just a quick story. I had a wounded bird down last week, um, that ran, um, across the street, um, through a field, through a draw across another field and into a tree line. And it was a 200 plus yard run and we were not close to it you know we I, I my my gilly girl i she's my yellow lab got on the scent and just followed that thing literally went over the hill 200 yards i didn't know where she went she came back with the bird in her mouth it was i, I it was just you know it brings a tear to your eye when something like that happens it's just beautiful you know I actually had something so. similar happen to me this year. Um, and I know listeners have already heard it, but we were in South Dakota. We shot a bird and we knew it wasn't hit hard. So we got all three dogs over there. I'm like, oh man, this thing is going. All of a sudden, Diesel, who's my black lab, just kind of takes off. And I'm like, God, he's getting out there far. I don't know if he's chasing, a, you, know, you know, I thought maybe that bird would have been sitting tighter and he might've been chasing another bird. Well, he, he gets out of the field, goes across the, a road, into private ground and i'm like oh geez i don't know should i give him an i like i i whistled a couple times to see if he would stop and he he didn't and so i was like man i don't know do i shock right. him at this, at this point he's what tyler 150 yards plus or so and gets into this field and then there's like a a little waterway if you will all of a sudden he runs up one way down one way back up jumps in the weeds pulls out this pheasant 150 plus yards and we're all standing there like oh my god <laughs> yeah. uh, unbelievable yeah. unbelievable I, I know the feeling i know the feeling yeah i mean that's i mean you guys have shot a lot of birds i've shot a lot of birds and i still like shooting birds which is actually amazing to me after all the birds that we've shot and it's i still get a kick out of doing it but i have more fun watching my dogs work and seeing them do their thing than I do shooting them, you know? So, um, it's, it's a really special deal and a relationship that, you know, uh, if you're a non hunter, you, it's a special relationship, you know, it's, it's something that with these dogs, it's what these dogs like to do. And it's beautiful to see them do what they love doing. Absolutely. I mean, I think it's, it's second to none when, when you see a dog working and the excitement on their face and they, they, you know, they, you know, I say excitement on their face because I, I actually think you can tell when your dog is just like amped up and pumped, uh, through the face. And, uh, yeah, I, I love it. I know Tyler loves it. Um, Tyler's dog had a couple of really good moments this year too. So we're, we're both on that same level. Yeah. It's, it's just absolutely amazing what a dog can do. I mean, you think you see something one year and then the next year they do something that just wows you again. You know, there's, 
there's so many wow moments yep. every year that you're out hunting and you know it, every bird that you shoot the dog just watching the dog work it's different you know that's not there's not a similar bird everyone that gets up is different it's just it's so much fun to watch and I, you know what, Nick, I think that's why I miss the birds because I get so stuck on watching the dogs that I forget to get ready. Oh for God, here we so go. Greg, so Greg, right. Greg, if you, if you want to work, if you want to work on conservation yeah. and go out hunting, yeah. just take Tyler with you. You'll see a lot of birds. You'll never get any. <laughs> yeah. but the, the, the excuse du jour, the excuse of the day. I'm, I'm still, I don't know about you guys, but I, I always, I mean, I do remember some really good shots that I've made, but I always seem to remember where <laughs> I seem to remember the misses. Like how oh, yeah. did I miss that bird? Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, there, there's times that my, my dogs are birdie. I know there's a bird going to get up. I am ready. So it's not, it's not jumping me. And I literally miss it. It's just, <laughs> it's ridiculous. I just <laughs> I uh, ended up buying a, uh, a, a 20 gauge uh wasn't last hunting season the hunting season before so 2019 so excited guns light i'm out there diesel literally does a point and i'm maybe if i'm six feet away from him that is it i'm ready loaded bird gets up unload my gun did not get it (laughs) like what go back we come around to ben he does a little point again i'm i'm maybe a little bit farther away this time unload my gun again i missed three roosters in 45 minutes took back went back to my truck quit that field threw that gun away brought out my 12 gauge <laughs> went to the next field and brought my 12 yep. gauge out and obviously then diesel kicks up a covey of quail i don't know how many there was but i ended up shooting three in one flight of them getting up and i'm like how in the hell can i shoot the littlest bird on the planet but i can't hit this rooster that's five feet in front of me like Unreal. So well, it's, it's, say, I haven't used that gun, gun again. Pattern, <laughs> the gun patterns mean something, man. They do. They do. They really make a difference. So I, I have not yeah, used that gun so. since. And I think <laughs> I, it, it's it's on the trading block this year. I think. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, how, let me ask you guys a question. Um, how is the hunting in Iowa? You know now because. The last time I hunted Iowa was probably 2009-ish, and it was really bad, okay? Like, I think we hunted five days and got two birds or something like that. So, um, how is the wild bird hunting in Iowa these days? It's This past year has probably been one of the better years for bird numbers, I think, that we've seen. Uh, We had a 2008. 19's winter was easy we had a really nice spring for them to for hatches and the amount of birds we saw on public ground uh, and on private ground this year was pretty remarkable um i mean i thought cool i thought we saw a very good amount i am kind of worried about this coming year with the snow that we've had in the past month um we had what 12 inches or so about three weeks ago and we just got dumped on again and um right so hopefully that doesn't affect them too much uh it hasn't been like super cold uh which is good you know okay but there is a lot of snow so hopefully that doesn't affect them uh too much but i thought this year was outstanding for birds and uh even quail numbers i've seen a fair amount of quail which is pretty cool to see too yeah we shot our first uh hunt this year as well see i did not realize iowa had are you guys have bob whites bob whites yep yep well yeah i just yeah, got I did one not realize yesterday had wild bob whites. yep no kidding okay yeah there's wow, a really cool a little piece of public ground that I don't think really many people it's right south of uh the town that i live in that many people know of and i didn't know about it till this year went out there um kind of right before season just to walk around and get an idea of you know what the how the lay of the land was there and um it's like oh it might be pretty good and first time i went out there kicked up kicked up some uh pheasants they were pretty far out from me though and then kicked up i don't know there's probably 
12 to 15 quail that got up uh, the first time I went out there. So it was, it's pretty cool to see. I was, it surprised the heck out of me, but. Yeah, so no, that's, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, I have not shot a wild quail yet. I've shot quail, but they were pen raised. I've never shot a wild quail. And uh, I must say that knock on wood, COVID has been good to me in the one sense that uh, we, you know, had to kind of stay closer to home. And actually Jane and I bought an RV this year and we traveled uh, just the two of us uh, and we did a lot of hunting. I, I mean, I, she would walk with me. She doesn't carry a gun, but I was able to, to score a bunch of stuff off my bucket list this year uh, in different states. Uh, Montana, I got my first two sage grouse and my first two blue quail or blue grouse. I'm sorry. And, um, and in Wyoming, I got into huns uh, in a big way. Uh, and I, if you guys ever gotten into huns, I know you just said you shot one, but that is a really a fun bird to hunt. We that only saw one and that's the one we got. And at first we didn't, um, our buddy yelled quail and I was like, well, I ain't no quail. I didn't know what it was, but I heard it made it's, it's the sound that it makes, whatever little squeal got up and I'm like, what? And yep. then the guy next to me, he shot it. And he's like, I think that's a hun. And, uh, sure enough, that's what it was. So yeah, it was crazy so, to. So, you, to so you guys, you guys shot the last hunt in Iowa. For no reason. <laughs> Extinct in Iowa now. <laughs> he ruined it for everyone. <laughs> that's probably about right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, oh man, that's funny. So Greg, you you mentioned your farm, and we don't want to keep you much longer. We appreciate your time, but uh, yeah, tell us a little bit about your farm and and how you got. It sounds like you got a a lot of birds on there. So I'm just kind of curious yeah, if you, it's a, it's a, it's a really unique place. Uh, we, Jane and I bought it in 2011. Um, it's about 2,500 acres. Um, and the, the fellow that owned it before us was not a hunter, but he was a conservationist. And oh. so he, he, he put in a lot of shelter belt trees and stuff, which out in South Dakota, you, you know, you guys spend any time out here, you know, there's, if, if you see a tree, it's probably been planted by somebody. It didn't come natural, but it's, we've got a ton of tree rows here. Um, and then it was just the perfect canvas, um, for us to create habitat. Um, and we've, we've planted, uh, a couple hundred acres of tall wheat and alfalfa mix, uh, grass every year, uh, since we've been here. And so now most of this is covered in food plots, trees, uh, draws and, and grass. And so we've got really the perfect chemistry for, um, not only, you know, growing birds here in the spring, but keeping them here, uh, through the winter, keeping them sheltered and, uh, safe. And, uh, as a result, we, we have a really nice population of different kinds of birds here. Uh, of course, pheasants are number one. We've got, you know, a lot of pheasants. Uh, but we, we also uh, have uh, sharp-tailed grouse here and uh, prairie chickens. If you guys, have you guys ever shot any, any chickens or sharpies? No. Nope. That would be awesome. Have not. Mm -hmm. That's part of our plan this year out yeah. of South Dakota is we're going to head a little farther west to see if we can get into – getting some of those those uh, sharp tail for sure yeah well well give me a shout i can give you some guidance on different places to go of course we're we're like 20 minutes from the national grasslands where everybody comes to sharp tail hunt you know i mean it's yep. really great grouse and chicken territory um but yeah it's been it's it's a beautiful it's a beautiful place man it's um we actually take in six or seven paid hunts here a year and we try to keep the numbers down, you know, for the hunts. It's not a production type of thing. It's six to eight guys per time. And, um, and, uh, that, that really keeps the, the hunt intimate and, uh, it doesn't burn all of our, our birds out either. You know, you have to be very mindful about how many birds you take off the ground every year. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, there's there's a guy so. 
well, Nick, the guy that we <clears throat> hunted it last, the last weekend, uh, in Iowa pheasant, he, he does the same thing. He lets X amount of birds off his property in a year, uh, based on, you know, the numbers that he's seeing. And if once that numbers reach, you know, it's, they're done hunting for the year. And I mean, from what I saw, he had a ton of birds there. You know, yeah, so obviously doing something right. <clears throat> and those are wild birds too. And that's in Iowa. Just so everybody yeah. knows. So yep. it, it yep. is possible no, to, cool. to build habitat. Um, Greg, I, I'm I, a little bit, I'm a little bit of, go ahead. I just want to say one thing. I'm a little bit of a nerd when it comes to, you know, keep keeping count on stuff. So I always keep count of how many we harvest a day and I record it and this and that. Oh, nice. And like three or four years ago, um, I think we took, a little over 850 roosters off the farm. Oh, okay. Dang. Yeah. 850 roosters. And, and like, and now the, you know, I think the low water market has been like 250 roosters or something like that. I think we probably took three to 400 this year so far. So, you know, it's been, it's pretty uh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's a lot of birds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, one one product that I got a got a question about. So I run Goldens, and a lot of our followers run yep. Goldens. Um, and <clears throat> one thing that you got to do, you you got to bathe them or brush them out, you know, wash them out. And I saw that you guys have a wash bin. Is that correct? Yep. Um, it's our uh, our Groom Pro. It's a bathing station. Yeah. Can you kind of explain how that works? I was trying to check out some pictures to see you know like water source and what you got to do to set it up because i do feel like you know during season and especially after a golden is in the water um veterinarians and whatnot recommend just at least rinsing them off because of their coat um so i'm kind of interested in that and i think some others might be interested as well can you kind of explain how that system works don't let them fool you greg it's for it's for his own personal use I love the bathing outside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you better use one. I can smell you from here. <laughs> but uh, no, yeah, it's it, it, actually you know this is another one of those products um, that I just de- I just developed. We developed because I I wanted one. <laughs> so I'm like out looking at these different things you can buy these stainless steel tubs and different things. I'm like, you know what, we could let's just develop our own and uh, make it portable and easy to move. And, uh, and so that's what we did. And, you know, honestly, you just have to be, uh, there's no, you basically bring your garden hose to the, to the station. Okay. And you, you we have a place where you can hook the garden hose onto and um, it has a drain underneath it. So you want to put it, I'll put it in a place where I, it's either outside where it doesn't matter where it drains or, if I'm using it inside, it'll drain over a, a, a floor drain. Okay. Yeah. And, um, there's places in it for, um, your, uh, your shampoos and your brushes and all that kind of stuff. So it's all, you can keep all your stuff right there in the groom pro. Um, it's got an eyelet on the back of it. So you could actually hook up a small leash to the, uh, to your pet, to your dog. So it doesn't, you know, a lot of dogs don't like to get washed. So if you hook that up, it can't really go anywhere when it's getting washed, which is kind of nice. And uh, it's got a cover on it. So if you want to, if you want to put the dog up on top of the groom pro when you're done to brush it out, you can. Um, Some people do that. I usually just brush my dog out right after I bathe it inside the tub. Um, And, you know, that's, that works great too. Um, but no, it's really been, we were out of stock for quite a while on that product. And as soon as we got those back in stock, they started selling, you know, people are really enjoying those products. So yeah, that's another really nice, uh, adder for Dakota. Yeah. I think I know my, my girlfriend, she definitely wants, wants us to get one, not for us, but for the dogs. Yep. Don't say anything. Of course. Well, we're not going to judge you by how you use it, Tyler. It's whatever you do in your personal time, man. <laughs> so yeah, we're looking. We're definitely looking forward to that because we do a lot of a lot of water training in the summer, obviously because it's hot. So you know, yep. you nice to have something to come rinse them off, and they don't like being hosed down too much. So 
having that nice for sure. on there yeah. for their short leash and whatnot would be very helpful. Right. Yeah, you know, there's another product that is probably uh, has been really a, a great growing product for us. Um, and I don't know if you guys have looked at this, but it's uh, uh, it's called a Forever Insert. Um, and so when you guys buy a puppy or when you buy a puppy from a breeder, you know, one of the things dogs, little puppies like is they like small areas. So they like a smaller kennel or a crate, right? Yep. Um, they, they feel safe when it's, when it's small and they can snuggle in there and be comfortable. Well, so a lot of people end up buying a crate for the puppy. And then they, when it outgrows that crate, they have to buy their, their, you know, what I call their forever kennel to put their dog in. So what the forever insert does is you put it inside the kennel. It creates different space, uh, limitations inside the kennel and, you can move it as your dog grows. Um, your dog um, learns as a puppy that that is his home, you know, when it wants to be crated. And eventually you take the forever insert completely out and you have your forever kennel for your, for your dog. So um, it's, uh, it's really a nice way to segue a, a puppy into its, uh, permanent, its permanent crate which is really nice. Huh. Yeah, that is that nice. That is really nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Greg, so, we do not want to take any more of your time. We appreciate you hopping on here at 6 o'clock at night. Your yeah. wife's probably wondering, what the hell is he doing? Um, no, Jay is, <laughs> is used to this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say, she's, she's a good sport. She's used to... She's used to all this kind of stuff. So it's no yeah. problem. Yeah. She actually does. She actually does the shows with me, like Pheasant Fest shows. Oh, we, nice. It's, we kind of do it. As a, we do it as a couple. It's just the two of us in the booth. And, um, you know, it's, she's, she's been a really good sport. So it's no problem. Excellent. Excellent. Well, we still don't want to keep you any longer. So um, we'll save some of the questions for maybe another round uh, of podcasting uh, in the future. But again, yeah. we appreciate everything yeah. you've done for us. We appreciate you having a, having a coming on our podcast. Um, and if there's anything we can ever do, let us know. But uh, let's be planning that Iowa hunt sometime when you come out here. Yeah, and you guys uh, make sure that you come out and see me too. And you know, um, you know, for your listeners, I, I know you guys are going to have some special discounts uh, that you can offer your your Patreons and. And, uh, you know, I, I, I encourage everybody to use those, those discount codes because it helps keep podcasts, good podcasts like this going. And, uh, you know, it's, that's important and you get to save some money too. So, um, you guys have an awesome rest of your week and, uh, let's, let's do some hunting together in the future. And I'll let you know when we have new products out and we could talk about those. Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you very much, Greg. We appreciate your time. Have a fantastic night. All right. And tell your wife you hi from the ring next to Retrievers crew. <laughs> you got it. Thanks, guys. Appreciate right. it. Thank you.